Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth. It is another opportunity to delight ourselves in the word of God. And we are going to, um, to study the word of God, of course, systematically. Today is a special broadcast because I wanted to make an appeal about a new format that we're going to, on Sundays, we're going to continue our Sunday mornings in the Word, but on on Tuesday nights, the Lord told me, um, again, there are three things that I'm endeavoring to be. By the instruction of the Lord, he told me to be a diligent doctrinal instructor of the Word of God, and I have <clears throat> set out to study um, always with a level of intensity and excellence before the Lord so that way I can bring something uh, to God's people that is qual- that is of quality and of good report. And God has been faithful to his word. But there are areas of concentration that he wants me to focus on, and one of those is biblical equality. And um, there's, a, there's a thing that we cannot, we cannot afford to... Um, uh, have certain things take place in the body of Christ and sweep them under the rug. And so I think that Tuesday nights I'm going to dedicate the type and style of teachings uh, to biblical equality. So tonight, today, this morning, I'm going to share with you uh, our, one of our foundational teachings on there. And then and then from there we're going to build every on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. And I know that's kind of late for some people, but um, that's a good time for me to be able to share the word. But you can always download it again. <clears throat> but at 10 p.m. we're going to take an hour out and teach on biblical equality each week. And so you have Tuesdays now is going to change to biblical equality. Our Thursday. It's going to be our Urban Glory Night Live, and you know we have a new platform on Facebook, and we have a new platform on YouTube that we're going to be doing special um, events on that when announced. <clears throat> I wanted to be clear about that, and then Sunday mornings in the Word are going to continue, and our 6 p.m. is uh, 6 p.m. is going to be our guest and our uh, uh, sorry. 6 p.m. class is going to be our um, leadership institutes, and then our 9 p.m. is going to be our guest and other further teaching, either a continuation on Sunday morning in the Word or guest speakers, which we have already in motion. Okay, so um, <clears throat> thank you again for listening tonight or this morning, and um, I wanted to give that out. Um, as a gauge of where we're going. Oh, all right. Well, let's get started. Um, There's too many scriptures to try to give them to you before in today's lesson, but what I will do is tell you to Listen to 
um, this carefully on equality. The study is just simply called equality, and it gives some good historical facts. Now, those of you who are used to my commentary approach to teaching, this is not a commentary. This is more so of a, a monologue, and so I'm going to go kind of fast with it. Um, but I'm going to um, pray that you um, re- retain it, but you can always go back and look at the scripture references. I'm sure it's going to bless your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and are glad. Thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and thought. As I make manifold known the wisdom of God, Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do all you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Martin Luther King said, Psalms 37, 25 to 29 says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet not I've seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging of bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. The seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Biblical equality affirms how mankind was created in the image and the likeness of God. God's image and likeness is spirit. We house within us not only a soul, but our spirit man, which is of God. When the fall of man occurred, the curse came upon all mankind, and male and female were separated from the life of God. But by redemption and by faith in the blood of Jesus, we are fully restored, male and female, back to that same image and likeness that gives us equality in God's sight. Biblical equality challenges theology that tries to have male domination become God's idea or God's ideal. It challenges the church to rethink creation, restore spiritual cultures, reform leadership structures, and sacred cow- destroy sacred cows, religious institutions, and societal convictions so that the origin of humanity can reflect the original intent of God, male and female created in his image and likeness. Reconciliation and redemption by the Lord Jesus provides authentic relationships. With God, it releases us from oppression, from the ridding of sins by the blood of of Jesus. Oppress, um, all oppression is released. So reconciliation with God is complete. It releases us from all spiritual oppression, thus giving us a basis 
to restore what humanity has flawed through sin, which is access to God. There are three fundamental in scriptures about equality, Romans 2.11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Colossians 3, 6, uh, 3, 6 through 11, for this things which, uh, these, for this things, Take the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in which ye also walked in sometimes when ye lived in them. But now put off all these things anger, wrath, malice, uh, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man in his deeds, and ye have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Jew, Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Cynthia, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Galatians 3, 24 through 29 says, Wherefore the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster, for ye are all children of God, in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are co-heirs with Christ. Men and women are to conform to the image of Christ, spiritually speaking. Authority is not grounded on maleness. Both men and women are given authority to rule over the earth. There are no biologically based inequality in creational authority, personal agency, or responsibility. Despite the fact that gender traditionalists argue, for example, that the ministry of the prophet included some fundamental functions, that excluded women, both men and women were recognized as prophets in ancient Israel. There are also passages in the Old Testament. Uh, rather, there are also passages in the New Testament telling of women who were called and blessed in ministries that entailed teaching and leading assemblies of both men and women. Hilda and Deborah, Second Kings 22, 14-29, 2 Chronicles, 34, 23 through 37, Romans 16, 7. Paul refers to a male apostle, Andronius, and a female apostle, Junia, as outstanding among the apostles. Acts 21, 9, four young women were referred to as prophetess. Scholars often say two ways of dealing with such negative interpretations of scriptures. First, the reinterpretation of some of these well-known texts in the ways must begin, must we look at scripture. And second, they often highlight the forgotten texts that present women in a completely different light. Within a variety of rich biblical texts, there are many examples of good and true men, but also women who serve worthy roles in, li- in the life of faith. Sarah, the mother of many, uh, the mother of many nations. Deborah, a judge. Jalel, a hero for killing Caesarea. Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Hilda, the Hebrew prophetess, Rahab, the savior of Joshua's spies, Esther, the queen who risked her life for her people, 
Mary, the mother of Jesus among the first women, established Christ church. Lydia, a businesswoman, Europe's first convert. Priscilla, a leader of the New Testament church. And Mary Magdalene, of other women who first witnessed and preached about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. We got to realize that God is all about justice for gender. The creation account never gave support to superiority, credence to the male over the female, nor do we see any gender escape from the consequences of embracing an alternative <clears throat> from the intent of God. The curse came upon them as a result of the consequences of their change of association with God. It was their ability to apprehend righteousness naturally and the abundance of iniquities that has transpa- um, transpasses uh, tr- and trespasses rather <clears throat> that has haywired generationally tra- passed down from generation to generation. <clears throat> the New Testament clearly um, clearly has scriptures that challenges the separation between the church and the household and the roles within the home which was given responsibilities, have nothing to do with world culture, worship practices, or workforce, but solely the establishing of human development healthily. God is concerned about gender justice. The question is, are we? Are we as a church really exemplifying his heart and his passion over the years, it's been a slippery slope, a very taboo when it comes to religious discussion, justice issues. Think not for one second that I'm endorsing creating a missional small group about discussions around these matters. In the heart of God, this is not a Bible study. This is a prophetic, clarion call to bring justice for gender and generational impact. And this is why I'm teaching it the way I'm going to be teaching it on Tuesdays. The church cannot be silent silent anymore about these erroneous biases and notions that are scripturalized. Elitism, egotism, should be should not be badges of honor in faith when the mandate is to go into the, all the world and to compel mankind to come. Did y'all hear me? We shouldn't have such things in the church. And we got too much of it in the church. And it's causing problems in the church. Glance at the current events in media, mainstream, it's a circus. We have to do a better job as the church by simply empowering what the scripture actually says. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if if one died for all, then all are dead. And they that are all, that are, that are died for all, they which should live, not henceforth live unto themselves, but after them which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. Yea, that we have known Christ after the flesh, just we henceforth know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God has did beseech us by us. We pray for you in Christ's stead. Be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Issues like human rights, equal pay, female exploitation, drug and sex trafficking, reconciliation for racism, classism, and education, concerning sexual expression, perversion, and now this sexual dysfunction, they all must be addressed. And let me tell you, I'm going to address each and every issue by the grace of God. Our gender and our natural sexual desires are a part of our God-given physical existence. God has designed them for the purpose of expression and relationship, all centered around his glory. The joy of his creation, the Christian body, is sacred. It houses the Holy Spirit, the intelligence of God, the inspiration of our faith the instructor of righteousness and truth. We are made holy because of the presence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are to conduct our manner of lives in a way that glorifies God. Ephesians 5, 1 through 8 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and have given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice, for as a sweet swelling uh, a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become of saints. Neither filthiness nor fluid or foolish talking, nor gesturing which are convenient which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. For this ye also know that no whoremongers, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who, are, who is an idolater hath an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them, for ye know sometimes darkness, but how are ye light in the Lord? Walk as children of the light. In all matters, maintain the honor and glory of God. Uh, the honor and glory of God is the highest value for the Christian. By the grace of God and by the commu- uh, community of believers, we vow to live holy despite the relentless pressures which accompany his gifts. We, we, we endeavor to live holy despite the pressures of sex-saturated cultures and affirm and rejoice the boundaries which God has stipulated. We are gifted and given blessings, whether singleness or married, male or female. First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7 says that this is the will of God, even the sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. 
that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel with sanctification and honor, not in the lust of conscience, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because the Lord is an avenger of all such, as we have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us into uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Basic just, gender justice begins with establishing healthy expressions about sexuality and relational development. In a nutshell, how we interact with one another. Too many sexual deviances, offenses, and improper behaviors are being overlooked and exempt by traditional makeups of homes and cultural progression, sexual harassment, and sexual deviances in public places and professional environments are perverted. And they have to be addressed, and it really needs to be addressed by the church. How do we empower the convictions of equality? First, we engage in, uh, in prayer about the subject of equality. And our part, and find our part in the revelation of edifying the body of Christ. We engage in prayer. We then, too, eradicate erroneous theology. Concepts about gender roles, rights and responsibilities, norms and dysfunction. Then thirdly, we equip the saints with the in-depth of supplies and materials on sexuality, spiritual standards, and convictions and expressions. Then we erect altars of reform, platforms that address and provide healing for Sexual abuse, dysfunctions, addictions, and sins. We got to talk about it. And then we establish accountability, especially with Christian leadership, and provide periodic educational requirements that keep the church knowledgeable about sexual expression and ethics. Reform will rise when Christians awaken to grace and faith also. For justice The dead cannot cry out for justice It is the duty of the living To do so for them According to Lewis McCaster Pastor James Sits heavily Within the latter church age Post Pentecost The third generation of primitive church Was rising to influence And power 50 years after the church at Antioch In Jerusalem He addressed new believers who had not been eyewitnesses nor interactions with the phenomenal preaching of Apostle Peter and others, or tongues and interpretation, such as the upper room. They did not experience the massive social societal evangelistic transformations like the 5,000 souls a day salvation. The first generation of the first church age, they were naive about the gospel, and still the formation of the congregational studies were not quite concrete. One of the things that was said that he said, James, the apostle James, to qualify you being a person of faith is you also being a person who sees the needs of people, which drives you to work and do good for one another, for faith. Without works is dead. Extreme views called antinizialism held that through faith in Christ, one was completely free 
from all Old Testament law, all legalism, all secular law, and all morality of society. The book of James is a is directed to Jewish Christians scattered among the nations. And Martin Luther detested this letter, the book of James, and called it an epistle of straw because he felt that it failed to recognize uh, uh, James' teachings on works completed, not contradicted Paul's teaching on faith. While Pauline teachings concentrate on justification with God, James' teachings consecrate, um, concentrate on the works of exemplifying justification. James was writing to the Jews to encourage them to continue growing in their new Christian faith. Apostle James emphasized the good actions will naturally flow from those who are filled with the Spirit. The Apostle James qualifies faith through integrity and works. Where the trials of your faith are worthy contributors or contributors to aligning and submitting to the will of God. Genuine faith will motivate you to action. It will cause you to withstand the pressures of society's dysfunction to service this generation with the change that we all see. It will change how you walk. It will change how you talk, and it will motivate you to change how you think. True faith will avoid worldliness and pursue godliness. True faith will not misprioritize or misuse resources, but render justice for those who are in need. Why are believers facing difficult times? We maintain an attitude of faith through humility and self-sacrifice. That is the message of the church in the latter age, which James suggests that we emit in every platform that we preach on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The message of the church in the latter age suggests by Apostle James that we also admit our struggles and our feelings, that we seek God for direction by keeping a balanced perspective on temporary circumstances, submitting to divine perspective. Apostle James suggests that we do not blame God when we are tempted by sin, but remember God's power and God's characteristics that avoids the proud and awards the humble through these life lessons that we are facing as trials, which build undeniable faith by an unyielding word that liberates us and keeps us connected and in sync with God's plan. When justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any class is made to feel that society has organized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither person's property will be safe, Frederick Douglass said. We have to remember our mandate as Christians, which is to be 
ministers of justice generationally. Social justice is one of the fundamental issues in the Bible. The Bible brings it to center stage continually for those who are oppressed to turn to God in their prayer. Prophets such as Isaiah and Amos raise their voices on behalf of the poor and the maligned. Those belonging to the weaker social groups, God gave prescribed, God gave himself and prescribes brotherly love and sisterly love to social order to fix it by divine wisdom. Jesus develops a, a Christian ethic of love. And we cannot overlook these matters of creating a kingdom complex through seeking none suffer lack, as it was in Acts. At different aspects in the framework of social justice, there is a strategy for advancement. It's called the kingdom of God. See how the instructions in both Old and New Testament are set on offering justice as ministry. The commission is fulfilled in the ministry and the teachings of Jesus when we extend his love for justice to each other. Justice is the administering of principles, policies, and precepts around what is right and what is fair. It is what is just, justifiable ethically, and more morally sound. The determination of what should be carried out as law, rewards and punishment, impartialities, and equity. Justice manifests from the love of God shown to the world. This is the display of justice. A person can receive the mercy of God. It is this overwhelming love which forces the effect of his nature to translate humanity as his dear own. Unconditional love is a revelation that provokes us to the foundation of what is good in God's sight. We are the moral compass as the church, and the church is placed in the top of the mountain that cannot be moved, yet we all must become the solvent that the scripture indicates as being the salt of the world, which gives flavor. In other words, it is the heart of God for all believers in the Lord Jesus, to be world dominators and to be in the seat of influence and affect our cultures with the standards we have instinctively, instinctively engrafted by faith in our hearts. Biblical, is, is, biblical equality is displayed in our divinity with God. Gender justice is simply the reality of mind renewal, aligning to the word of God, and how he instructs us clearly on how to regard the body of Christ. We've got to promote the importance of biblical scholastics and literacy. We've got to publish deeper insights on the power of redemption in Christ. We've got to publicly denounce the power of sexism and partiality in church culture. We gotta place a demand on genderless worship cultures and the purity ethic amongst spiritual leadership. That we have to provide healthy discussions 
on societal transformation and relational reform through scriptural conviction. Let's begin now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I thank you for listening to the broadcast today. We're going to begin on Tuesday building from this foundation on biblical equality. We're going to look at the scripture very methodically. We're going to go rather fast through some principles and get the message out there. And we're going to continue to do what God has purposed us to do in these last and evil days. We got to be the church and be it all the way. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the broadcast. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do because greater is he that's within you than he that is within the world. God bless you. Have a great day.